0: Well, good morning, my friends. I almost said good evening because that's when I'm taping this. But good morning, uh, Wednesday, January 27. This is podcast number 209. Um, I have for you that have been here from the beginning. God bless you for sticking it out. I have a brand new Bible. I think I told you that a few weeks ago. It's the ESV. Uh, it's a study Bible and a theological um, um, a study Bible in the sense that it studies some of the basic theological viewpoints, and um, I'm liking it so far, and I hope you are as well. We are still in our series, um, The Passion of Jesus Christ, and um, we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. One of the reasons Jesus came, another reason that he came, he came to die, is to deliver us from this present evil age, and we need to understand this. This is going to take some time today. I want to look at quite a few scriptures. And Piper's chapter on this, to me, is amazing. Galatians chapter one, verse four. Let's go to verse three. Paul says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's important, verse three for four says, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. Until we die, Piper says, or until Christ returns to establish his kingdom, we live in this present evil age. If you're watching the news, you understand that if you see what's going on with um, different things as far as legislation and some of the changes that they're trying to make and some of the compromises, it's crazy. Uh, but it shouldn't be surprising. We're in an evil age. Therefore, when the Bible says, "This is Piper again," that Christ gave Himself to deliver us from this present evil age, it does not mean that He will take us out of this world, but that he will deliver us from the power of the evil one. Remember, when Jesus came and he died, he broke the curse of sin, sent us the Holy Spirit to help us uh, overcome the power of sin, and one day when he comes back for us or we leave this planet, we'll be out of the presence of sin, but not until that time. Look at uh, Jesus' prayer for his disciples and then, again, also for us as his new disciples. uh, John 17 and verse 15 Jesus, praying out loud in front of his disciples, um, um, says this to his father. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, or you can put your name there, but that you would keep them from the evil one. This world is under uh, the, the power and the pretense of the evil one, even though the the fear of death was broken when Jesus died. Uh, death still reigns, right? It's still one to one. You're born, you die Unless the rapture takes place, you and I are both headed for a day when we will cease to breathe. I'm closer than most of you. Um, I remember a preacher knocking on the pulpit one day at Living Hope. And it was was a visiting preacher uh, knocking on the pulpit saying, listen to me, listen to me. I'm closer to my death year than I am to my birth year. And it got really quiet as people begin to take notice of how old they are. And the realization is that we do not know, we do not know how long we will be on this planet. The reason Jesus prays for deliverance from the evil one is that this present evil age is the age when Satan is given freedom to deceive and destroy. Right? In John ten ten. 10, the thief comes to kill, still and destroy, but I've come, you might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief in that context is more of the false shepherds, but who controls the false shepherds but the evil one of this world. Uh, turn with me now to 1 John, back to the back of your Bible, after the book of Hebrews and after First and Second Peter. Uh, we look to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. 1 John chapter 5, 19, the same writer, John, the best friend of Jesus Christ, who wrote um, the Gospel of John wrote 1st and 2nd and 3rd John and also penned um, the the words of uh, the book of Revelation. 1st John chapter 5 and verse 19 says this. I don't know if you do this, but now in, in my Bible, I'll circle every verse that I've been reading. I'll just circle the number of the verse. It's a lot neater. Janie taught me that. I've learned a lot from my wife. Uh, she's a Bible thumper. 1st uh, John 5 19. We know that. We are from God and the world lies in the power of the evil one. Now, because the world lies under the power of the evil one does not mean that we sit at home, sit on our hands and wait for uh, swing low, sweet chariot. We're waiting for God to take us home. No, we are actively involved in this world because we are salt and light. As Matthew tells us, we're uh, in the book of Matthew, we're supposed to be salt and light to this world, salt that preserves light that uh, shines in the darkness, right? Jesus is the ultimate light and cannot be overcome. The evil one is called the God of this world, and his main aim is to blind people to truth. Um, we are seeing this on a, in a on, on an even greater basis all the time, that truth is, is thrown out. I remember being at work a few years ago, uh, probably 15 years ago now, uh, when one of my bosses said, there is no absolute truth. And I said in a real loud voice, are you absolutely sure? And he thought about it for a moment and he started to laugh. It's just the 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 hypocrisy and the ridiculousness of a statement like that. To say that there are abs- no absolute truth is, is to make an absolute statement. Um, so we need to understand that we're the, the the truth is under attack. And ultimately, Jesus is the truth, right? John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He mentions to his disciples when they're wondering where he's going and how they will get to him and how they know the way. He says, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. He talks about leaving the, the planet to go to prepare a place for us. And then he says, I'm not going to leave you alone, right? He says, I'm going to send another comforter, the Holy Spirit, and thank God for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Turn to Second Corinthians chapter 4. This is um, a few verses here that become really, really important to me, and I love it, and it helps me to understand what it means that the, the God of this world has blinded um, people's eyes. I see daily evidence of the blinders being on, and pray for blinders to be removed from people's eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul's talking about the light of the gospel. He says, and even if our gospel is veiled... It is veiled to those who are perishing. And in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm a servant to you because of Christ. And what I proclaim to you is him. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You wonder why Jesus Christ is so under attack? These verses explain it because the light of the gospel shines forth in the face of Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that uh, that's why uh, there's so much attack on him in our day. It's not like it hasn't been um, in the past, but it seems to be ramped up. Back to Piper, until we awaken to our darkened spiritual condition, we live in sync with the present evil age and the ruler of it. You once walked following the course of this world, uh, Ephesians 2 2 says. In fact, turn to Ephesians because I want to read uh, three or four verses there in Ephesians chapter 2, which I, I just think is so good for us to see. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read uh, five verses there one through five. It says about you and I, and you were dead in the trespass and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. You were following the course of this world. Why would you not? Right? Why would I not? Because I'm walking in step with what I think um, is is right uh, based on the knowledge that I have. Following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, you and I are. We're the sons of, dis, of disobedience, the daughters of disobedience, if you will. We are um, involved in uh, exactly what the world um, leads us in, and we think we're on our free, free path or we're doing uh, this, but we're being led. Among whom we are, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. He says, we're just doing what's natural to us. Sin is natural. It's very simple. If you look back to Genesis, uh, in the garden, uh, we see the serpent, right? Adam and Eve. uh, Eve is deceived by the serpent. Adam willingly partakes of of the fruit or the forbidden fruit uh, but, but if you'll notice in the next um uh, pages of genesis you don't see the serpent right why because he's already done his job he's already done it in eve right he's caused her to uh to fail she chose to do it but he is the deceiver and the liar and but from that moment man just takes it on his own and we've been really good at sin Maybe you're not. I was, uh, but until Jesus Christ comes into my life and takes over and takes up residence. Now he's the temple Remember in John or, or in the, excuse me, in the gospels. And, and in John, when Jesus says, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. He's saying, this is the end of the, this, this, um, uh, format. This is the end of the old covenant, the beginning of the new and no longer will uh, God live behind a curtain, but, um, uh, but, uh, I, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He pays this price, and and then he goes back to the Father, and the Holy Spirit comes, and now the temple of God is your heart and mind if we open up our lives to, to God and his indwelling. Verse uh, 4, but God, but God, underline that, but God, I love but God moments. This is going on, but God, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. I'm going to stop right there and you need to underline this. When did God love us? When did he uh, show us his mercy? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, we were made, he has made us alive together with Christ, together with Christ by grace. You have been saved, not anything that we deserved. We were following along, as, as Piper says, we were the lackeys of the devil. We were just doing everything um, in lockstep with what he wanted us to do. Go back uh, uh, to the back of the Bible, Revelation, and work your way back to Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 19. Now, if you remember who Peter is and you remember the writing of Peter, remember Peter uh, wasn't a a perfect man. He failed and he failed um, in a big way. But God just restored him and loved him and ministered to them. And remember in the book of Acts, Peter failed again. He was confronted by Paul because of his hypocrisy with Jews and Gentiles. And he repented and he moved on. That's what we do. We're not perfect. Do not put your faith and your stock in another pastor. Listen to the word of God that your pastor preaches, but do not put him on a pedestal. That's too far for him to be elevated, and he will uh, fail you in some way, shape, or form. He's going to say something someday. Um, I'm going to say something someday that's going to upset you, and you're going to walk away and go, Oh, that Gary Holdy, what a bum, or my pastor, what a bum, right? because you expected more of me than you should. God holds me to a high accountability and I hold myself to that. So listen as long as I'm teaching the word of God, but don't don't follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Uh, I, all that to say that we are targets of the enemy and when we teach the gospel, we're even a greater target of the enemy. Look at Second Peter chapter one, excuse me, Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 19, talking about these false prophets, talking about these people who who lead men astray. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, um, to that he is enslaved. We need to realize that people are not always what they seem. And I'm not talking about questioning all authority, I'm not talking about them, but I'm talking about keeping your eyes on Christ, right? keeping your eyes on Christ, because there are people out there who are who are not what they appear to be. Um, and so be careful, and uh, and keep your eyes on Christ. Turn to Romans chapter 12, a uh, few more scriptures. Uh, Teresa love this, because this will give her more time to walk or run. <laughs> Hi, Teresa. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I heard somebody say this the other day. You know what the problem with living sacrifices are? We can get off the altar. We need to remain on the altar, keep our, our minds and our lives and our uh, bodies uh, submitted to the to the Lord. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, of your mind uh, that uh, by testing you may discern what is the will of God, his good and acceptable, perfect will of God. If you find yourself in lockstep with the world on, on many, many opinions you probably need to rethink where you're at you need to not be transformed by uh this world but be or or uh, do not be committed to this world or conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind how does that happen through scripture it's just as simple as that turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 18 and 19 Chapter 3, 18 and 19, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. We uh, establish so many things by what we read, maybe on Facebook, or maybe what we see on television, and we go, oh, that's such wisdom. If you're finding yourself more interested in the wisdom of this world than the wisdom of scripture, can I just tell you, you need to stop. And you need to get back into the word of God. I love to read, I mean, today, just today, I was at a Goodwill, it's senior day, Wednesday's senior day, if you're over 55, just to, just to a clue there, uh, and I end up finding four books in the series by uh, Bill O'Reilly on on the killing series. and And I know that sounds horrible, the the name and the title, but those books are so so well uh, um, researched, and I love to read them. I don't just read scripture; I probably should read the scripture more. But I love to read a little history too. But I don't want to be conformed to all of that. I don't wanna just spend all my time in the word, or excuse me, to spend all my time in in man's wisdom and then I have my verse for the day. No, 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 maybe I should have my uh, verse for the day in history and spend the rest of the time in the Bible. And I do, I spend more time in the word than I do in history, but I do love history. I don't know why I said that. First Corinthians, (laughs) first Corinthians chapter one, hang with me, we're almost done. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 22, for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. Remember, Paul said, I become all things to all men that I may win some, right? The Jews look for the miraculous signs and the Greeks are looking for this tremendous oration and and all of this wisdom. But we, the preachers of Christ, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews. Why? Because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, Deuteronomy says. So when Jesus was hung on a tree tree, and immediately he was cursed, boom, gone. But what did Jesus say? I became cursed to free you from the curse. And that's why he was willing to go to the cross for you and I. Um, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And what is the weakness? He uses us as his... um, as his servants, he uses us in uh, to preach his gospel. I'm going long today. I apologize for that. Um, I'll make up for it tomorrow and and uh, and go short. No, probably not. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 31. John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. When Jesus came, it, it spelled the, uh, the ticking clock to the end of time where uh where the enemy would be uh, done. He'll be bound for a thousand years and then he'll be loosened um, and uh, he'll have a short time and then he'll be uh, cast into the lake of fire. John chapter 16, I'll finish up with these four verses and then we'll pray. John chapter 16, verse seven, Jesus leaves. He's going to leave the Holy Spirit. It's imperative, he says, that I go away. And he says this in verse seven of chapter 16 of the book of John. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. Remember when Jesus returned to the father, proof that he was raised from the dead. One of the proofs of the resurrection is the Holy Spirit then was sent. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and will no longer um, you will no longer see me concerning judgment because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged. The moment Jesus came, the moment that Jesus uh, was born, the moment that Jesus uh, lived a sinless life, the moment that he was crucified, the moment that he was raised from the dead, the clock was ticking on the evil one, the enemy of your soul and mind, And he is at work and he has uh, increased his work, I believe, in this day because his time is short. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Till we talk again.